0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Give Me Liberty. My name is James Wilson, and today we will be talking about Iran. There has been many protests going on. We'll get to all of that, because the killing of Qasem Solonami, the fact that Iran shot down one of their own commercial flights carrying 176 passengers, and we will also get to more about the democratic debate. We will be saying goodbye to Cory Booker today. I will be spending a lot more time on the Democratic debate on Friday. I know in the episode on Monday, I originally said I would talk about that next Monday, but I'm actually going to be talking about the debate on Friday. So stay tuned for that. This is Give Me Liberty. All right, so as mentioned before, we have a lot to get to today. Now, I think I'm just going to start today going right into what has been happening in Ibran. Now, to start, I will like to do some basic review about what we've already know. I've covered this in other episodes. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to some of the previous episodes over the past couple of days. But first, let's review who Kassam Solonami was. So, Kassam Solonami was the second second in iran if something were to happen to their supreme leader he would have likely become the new supreme leader he was the general he had been around for a very long time he was very well known and a prominent figure in the middle east but he was also a very bad very 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 bad terrorist who killed and injured thousands of american servicemen and women in uniform over the past couple of months, even, one person was killed and four more were injured. He was the one responsible for their attempt to try to raid the embassy, and later later evidence suggests that they were even planning to blow up the American embassy. So Kassam Solonami is not a good person. Not a good person at all. And these are just some of the reasons why he was terrorist. He has done many, many things. He's armed Common United States enemies with weapons of mass destruction, all things like that, that are really reasons why he's a terrorist and a really, really, really bad terrorist who had killed and hurt a ton of people. So, now over the past weekend or two, beginning of January, after the attack on the embassy, Trump decided to allow the call and to allow a drone strike to kill Qasem Solanami as he was exiting the airport. Now, he was in Iraq, so this was completely legal, especially because he was a terrorist, and because of bills after 9-11 that allows presidents to, presidents to authorize military action against a terrorist without congressional approval. Now, the reason this was an issue in the first place is because of the War Powers Resolution, which I'll talk about in a second. If you want to learn more about the War Powers Resolution, again, I would recommend you to my other podcast episode where I talk a lot more about that. But anyway, Kassam Solonami was a very, very, very bad guy. He had done many bad things, and what Trump did when killing him was very legal. It was completely legal for Donald Trump to do this, and it was a good call. New evidence has also suggested that Trump had been considering this for up to seven months. They were waiting for something like this, such as blowing up the embassy, to happen. And one of the reasons why Donald Trump decided to do this is because of the theory of deterrence. So, what deterrence is basically what deterrence basically is is it's almost kind of like a punishment. So, you the United States is deterring Iran into doing further bad action like we've already seen now under the obama administration what ended up happening under the iran deal is the united states like hey if you don't make nuclear weapons we're going to give you tons of money and you know you know this only this deal only goes to 2023 so technically you could use the money we gave you to make nuclear weapons and weapons of mass destruction after that but you know i think if we give you money you know just tons of money, that maybe that will make you better. This has not worked. It will never work. And this was very bad, very bad call for the administration. So what Donald Trump is doing is he's reestablishing deterrence through this. He's saying, Hey, you wanna try something bad on us? We're you know, we're going to we're going to kill one of your top generals. Do you want to try something back at us? Okay, well we'll we'll do the same to one of your other top men. So reasons such as this, we've actually seen that Iran was successfully deterred from doing further actions. They actually launched an attack on an American base in Iraq. However, evidence came out that Iran actually warned Iraq and America before the attack even happened that they were going to do it so that they could get their troops out of there and no one would be hurt. So the reason they did this was to show that they to the Iranian people that hey, you know, we're going to stand up to the United States. But in reality, they're not really standing up to the United States. They fear America. They know they will be trampled. If they try to go to war with America, they know they'll lose their navy if they try anything else like that. And so far, we've seen Iran being successfully deterred from doing these further actions. Now, what has what has Iran done in the past I'll talk about this later in the episode, but they've blown up drones, they've hurt American service members as we see Kassam Solonami was personally personally um responsible for this killed American service member, which is very very terrible. Just another reason why he he is and should be considered a terrorist. So that's just some basic review of what who Kassam Solanami was why the Democrats are fighting that this was illegal because the War Powers Resolution, even though this wasn't actually illegal because of the bill passed after 9-11, and even though there hasn't been agreement on this, there should be agreement that killing Kassam Solonami reestablished deterrence. It wasn't going to put us into war because Iran knew that if they went to war with the United States, they would lose. They would be trampled immediately. There wouldn't even be really a war. It, it would be too easy for the United States. As Trump has said many times, we will hit them fast and hard. A strategy that has worked successfully many times. So that's just some review before we actually get into the protesters as we've seen in Iran today. Obviously there's a new story that I'm going to be cover, covering on this show. So after Qassam Soleimani's death, they had this big funeral and many people came out and were sh- chanting death to America, death to America, we hate America, they're burning Israeli flags, they're burning American flags. This was not a good event. They were, blaming, they were blaming America for his death, even though in reality, Iran was the one that had escalated this whole situation in the first place. And the media was all over this. This was a big, big, big deal. This was the biggest deal in history. Iran's going to go to war with us. They hate us. They, they're they going to do whatever it takes. Oh my gosh, there's missiles coming. There's going to be people being killed. This is terrible. Donald Trump's such a stupid person. That's what the media were saying. Now, obviously, they were wrong, as we've seen. Donald Trump actually made a very good call on this. Successfully deterred Iran. No one else got hurt. And they took out one of the top terrorists in the world and one of the top generals for Iran. This was a very good thing. So the media have been running on this idea that this was a terrible thing. Iran hates us for it. Things like that. However, they fail to recognize that Iran is a dangerous regime that supports terrorism. And so the fact that they're claiming that Iranians hate Americans in Israel... May it just be because the government is forcing them to? We've seen over the past couple of months, over 1,500 protesters have already been killed. That's right, killed for protesting against the Iran Iranian government. So say the Iranian government tells you, and you're living in Iran, to come out for this funeral. I think many people, as we've seen in Iran, would do this, Basically, because they're scared for their lives, Iran is not afraid to take action against their own people, as we've seen them kill 1,500 of their own people, a terrible and tragic event. However, we are starting to see change, something that is really good for the United States and pretty much disproves what the media has had to say about this all recently, but first, I just want to mention before we go on, according to the Hill today, Trump said that it didn't matter if it was an imminent threat or not the killing of Qasem Soleimani was good. Now the two things that Democrats have been going on is that number one, he broke the War of the Powers resolution, which I've obviously disproved on the show today. And I'll go I go into more detail in some of the previous episodes. so go make sure you listen to those. And two, it's important that he did this because you want to deter Iran from making you, you want to deter Iran from making future actions such as trying to blow up an embassy. That's that's huge, or killing American servicemen. Qassam Solanami was responsible for the killing and injuring of thousands. That's right, thousands as Trump reported. So Trump is exactly right on this. And the reason he was is Democrats are saying, "Oh my gosh, it was not an imminent threat. That's why we, that's why we didn't have to kill him. It was not an imminent threat. He didn't propose an immediate danger to the United States, and that's the second reason why it was illegal." However, Ben Shapiro, uh, host for the Ben Shapiro Show, um, and founder of the Daily Wire, he talked about this. Many people supported the killing of Bin Laden, right? And that was under Obama. However, did bin Laden actually prove to be an imminent threat to the United States? And the answer is no. He was living in a compound. He didn't come out. He didn't have internet access. He couldn't do anything because the United States was hunting for them. So the fact that bin Laden was not an imminent threat, but Obama took him out, really shows us something, and it also shows us just how partisan Democrats have become on the it depends on whose action, if, if President Obama were to do this exact same thing, Democrats would be praising him, but because it's Donald Trump, they're screaming at him, we're going to world war again, this is going to be terrible, and I'll actually play a video clip, yes, we'll play a video clip finally, I know that hasn't happened in the past couple of episodes, of Democrats changing their opinions based on whether it's Obama or Trump or a different president. And that's some Nancy Pelosi stuff and Joe Biden quotes that we will be getting to in a second. But first, let's talk about the Iranian protesters. So, over the past week, Iran happened to shoot down a a commercial flight that launched from Iran. It was a commercial flight. It had, I believe, over 50 Canadians on board. This was a very big tragedy. It was just around the same time that Iran launched missiles at the American base in Iraq, and this sadly ended up killing uh, over 150 people, 176 people to be exact. This is a big tragedy, tragedy, and at first Iran was not taking responsibility for this. They would not hand over the black box to Boeing, which the plane was a Boeing model and there was a lot of confusion about what happened many people were suspicious of iran because they wouldn't turn over this black box but black box but iran has finally decided to admit what happened and what really happened was they it wasn't even crossfire they're just worried about a plane being from America, so they shot it down. This was a very bad move by then, considering that it was a commercial flight that had taken off two minutes before from Iran. They really should have been paying attention to this. Someone just got very trigger-happy on these missiles. Very tragic, terrible events, and Iran has recently taken responsibility for this. So now this has led many people to turn on Iran, or at least be more prominent in their protests, which pretty much disproves the entire point that the media is making, saying that Iran's, Iranians hate Americans and Israelis. So what happened actually was there were protesters. They, had, they were going through the streets. They want, they want their supreme leader to resign. And this is huge, especially considering the fact that Iran Iran has already killed 1,500 of their own protesters. These people are risking their lives for protesting the resignation of their supreme leader. So this is some brave confidence from them. Now, of course, the media is not covering this as much because they're the media, the the left-leaning media, And this looks bad for the narrative they've been pushing over the past couple of weeks, which is that Iranians hate Americans because of what they did to Solanami. But there have been a lot of protests about this. I think one of the most heartwarming, heart-touching things of the day for me was seeing this tweet, actually. There were some students, I I believe there were students, and they had painted American flags and Israeli flag on the ground. And it was common for them to have them step all over the flag before they walked in to show respect to Iran, showing that they hate America, they hate Israel, they'll do whatever it takes, kind of a form of propaganda, in my opinion, really, really awful thing. But this morning, these people basically made a perimeter around the United States flag and the Israeli flag, but they did not touch it. They refused to step on the American flag or the Israel flag, which is really, uh, to me, it's very, very heartwarming to think that there's people who understand the situation they're in. They're having a brave response to what's happening. They're standing up to a regime that supports terrorism. The fact that they're standing up for human rights and recognizing that it's really Iran's fault and not Americans' fault is really heartwarming, and I think something that we should all admire in the Iranians who are taking part in this. So, additionally, we have a tweet. Yes, a tweet. A tweet. Tweets are always good. No, they're not, actually. So this tweet, this was actually posted on January 2nd. So this is a little bit older tweet. But it just kind of, it, it goes along with what we're talking about with Qassam Solanami, these protests right now, things like that. So I say, Dear Hashtag Iran, the USA has disrespected your country, your flag, your people. 52% of us humbly apologize. We want peace with your nation. We are being held hostage by a terrorist regime. Yeah, a terrorist regime. Yeah, right. We do, we do not know how to escape. Please don't kill us. Hashtag Soleimani. Now, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. Literally the most ridiculous thing ever. I've seen all week. Now, I've already talked about the fact that the media has been pushing this narrative that Iranians hate this, and this is all America's fault. I think this tweet has a lot to do with this narrative that America's bad with whatever they do to other countries. They're pretty much assuming in this tweet that Iran is the good one here, which is kind of confusing because... In my opinion, I think Iran is the one who's a regime that's supporting terrorism. But you, you know, just that's just my opinion. Or actually, it's a ton of people's opinion. According to a Daily Wire poll, or at least Daily Wire reports of the poll, almost 50 percent of all people approve of the killing of Qassam Soleimani. That's not even whether they think Iran is bad or not. That's obviously would be higher. The fact that almost 50 percent of people support. The killing of Qassam tsunami, that's huge. Now, they do say in this p- tweet, we want peace with your nation. Now, of course, everyone wants peace with everyone. What Iran's got to stop doing is they got to stop supporting terrorism and actually join the world in being good to stop killing their protesters, as Donald Trump has been tweeting about, and to recognize human rights in Iran and to stop making people step on American flags and engage in other sorts of propaganda by the government. So pretty much these whole stories of the, the recent day, all these protesters, pretty much disappro- disproves this tweet and everything they have to say about that. I think that's really ridiculous. Okay, so New York Times... We're still on the topic of Iran right now. New York Times has an article about stopping endless wars. So the title of this is Trump's Iran strategy may cost him in 20 in the 2020 election. Well, as I just stated, yeah, right. Recent polls have showed that almost 50% of people approve of the killing of Qasem Soleimani and that's that's not even foreign policy and his foreign policy foreign policy strategy or even his Iran strategy. That's just the fact that They support the fact that Donald Trump killed Kassam Solanami. So here's what they have to say. Almost exactly four years ago, Donald J. Trump touched down at an airport hangar here, delivered a donation to a group that provides service dogs to veterans, and before inviting a few kids to run around in his Boeing 757, criticizing the wars in the Middle East that many local families have sent their sons and daughters to fight in. Quote, I'm the guy who didn't want to go to war, he told a crowd of several hundred. Quote, it's just unjust. It's a mess. President Trump went on, promising that if he ever did deploy the military anywhere, it would be so strong and so powerful that no one is going to we- mess with us anymore. Now, just from reading this, there's a lot of things that I, that are very wrong about this. Now, what he said is he doesn't want to go to war and it's a mess is actually very true and I, that stays true even over his foreign policy with killing of Qassam solanami many people as ben shapiro noted many people in the media especially are pretty much saying that this whole iran conflict everything about iran started when donald trump killed Qassam solanami they fail to mention that iran tried to blow up their embassy our embassy the Qasem solanami himself killed and injured thousands of people And it's also important to mention that Iran also shot down some of our very expensive drones. So the fact that Donald Trump didn't even take action when Iran shot down drones, first of all, I disagree. I think it would have been important to start deterring Iran there. But it shows that Trump really does not want any conflict or the least amount of tensions. He truly believes that this is a mess. But he also did say that if we ever did deploy the military to anywhere, It would be, quote, so strong, so powerful that no one is going to mess with us anymore. Now, so strong, President Trump killed Kassab Solonami. That is a very strong power move that's very bold of him to do. And then secondly, so powerful that no one is going to mess with us anymore. Now, as Iran messing with us, they've killed many people. They've tried to blow up our embassy. They've shot down drones. That all stopped. Many people argue that they tried to shoot at our base in Iraq. However, they warned us before the fact to get our troops out. They solely did it because they wanted to show their people they weren't cowards to America, even though they kind of are, but they didn't want to raise any more conflict with the United States because they knew the United States would trample them if they did. And if service members were killed, that would obviously escalate very, very, very fast. So I... I like how they're saying it's, it's going to cost him the Iranian election, I mean, sorry, not the Iranian election, it, the 2020 election because of his Iranian strategy. But everything they quote him for is still true. And second, there have been many polls. It's widely popular, the fact that Donald Trump killed Kassam Solonami. When this happened, it boosted Donald Trump's poll numbers. So this is actually very good for him in the 2020 election. I don't really know what the New York Times is talking about. I think they're a little confused at what's happening because Iran is standing down and President Trump delivered that in a press conference. Okay, so the last thing we have about Iran. As I promised, we're gonna get to a little audio clip. This is from the DC Shorts. It's basically Nancy Pelosi, old Nancy Pelosi, or younger, Nancy Pelosi, disagreeing with the newer Nancy Pelosi, and the same with Joe Biden. Now, as I talked about a little bit earlier while we were reviewing what the War Powers Resolution was, this is focused on the War Powers Resolution, and the Democrats have been bashing Trump for breaking the War Powers Resolution, and that he's a very unchecked president. He needs to check with Congress. But the fact is, Reagan broke the War Powers Resolution, Clinton did, and Obama did. Now they're claiming Trump did. However, he was actually legal in what he did because of the bill that was passed after 9-11 so he could kill terrorists without congressional approval. So what he did was legal, but Nancy, younger Nancy Pelosi and, and newer Nancy Pelosi have some stuff to say about this. So let's listen in to what they have to say.
1: Madam Speaker, you're saying that the president did not need authorization initially and still does not need any authorization from Congress on Libya?
0: Yes. Uh, When I was informed of this uh, uh, attack, uh, the administration took responsibility for it uh, uh, over the weekend, uh, I said, why did you not consult with Congress? Well, we held it in closely. We held it in cl- closely. No, you have a responsibility to consult with
1: Congress. Donald Trump does not have, let me make it clear, does not have the authority to go to war with Iran without congressional, congressional authorization. My bill enumerates five instances where the president may use force. First, to repent without congressional authority at the outset. Without working with Congress, it is not optional. It is not an optional part of his job. First, to repel attack on U.S. territory or U.S. forces. Second, to deal with urgent situations threatening supreme U.S. interests, i.e. the Cuban Missile Crisis. Three, to extricate imperiled U.S. citizens. Four. To forestall or retaliate against specific acts of terrorism. Five, to defend against substantial threats to international sea lanes or airspace. No president should ever take the United States to war without securing the informed consent of the American people. Make... This
0: is. Yeah, so that's what Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi have to say very interesting to hear themselves especially Nancy Pelosi who just gave a straight yes president obama has the right to not consult congress from what he did and from this point on yes yes just simple yes no but no not even a no or not even a not even a restriction of that just simple yes and then joe biden in his bill from a long time ago suggested that president in his bill what he believed that a president should be able to act without congressional approval if it was in response to a terrorist which we've seen in a bill after 9-11 so that made what trump did legal but that just showed is was the attack on the embassy not a terrorist attack it was led by kassam solanami a terrorist who wanted to blow up the united states embassy so this whole thing is very confusing it just shows us that depending on who does it Democrats will be opposed to it if if Donald Trump does it Democrats are opposed but if Obama does it they're fine and that honestly really sad they do not they should not be focusing on this instead they should be focusing on what the actual thing that happened was now Mike Lee has been very open to it he he recently came out and he believes actually I'm not going to speak for him I I don't have the audio clip with me right now, but he believes that there's constitutional restrictions to what the president can do. But his his idea on this has been consistent through all the presidents, including Donald Trump, Obama, and other people. So it's not the fact that it's just changing, as you see from Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, as it turns from Republican to Democrat to Republican to Democrat president, but that is a consistent view. And that's a more that's a more respectable view to have when you're more consistent really it's really it really bothers me when politicians change their response based on who it is that should that should not happen in politics these are the people who are representing us or supposedly representing us okay so next we get to the democratic debate now i'm not going to talk about what happened last night as much that will be more for friday but We do have another farewell to give. On Monday's episode, it was Mariana Williamson, how we needed to harness love for political purposes, and that love would beat the monster Donald Trump who promotes fear. But today, we say goodbye to our good friend, Cory Booker. Yes, he was one of the lowest polling candidates on the stage left, but we still give our farewells to him. Goodbye, Cory Booker. He was, he hadn't made the past couple of debates. He obviously was not on the stage yesterday, wasn't looking good for him really at all through his presidential campaign. His recent polling numbers were about 1.8%. That's compared to Joe Biden, who's at 20%, no, no, sorry, 30%. So here's what the Daily Wire has to say. Senator Cory Booker, Democrat from New Jersey, the former New Jersey mayor who entered the Democratic presidential primary to provide, quote, the answer to Donald Trump's hatred and division. I like how he said hatred and division because Donald Trump is so full of hatred. Yeah, right. Donald Trump has done so much for the economy, so much for the people. And let's start with this. I got this email from the White House. President Trump starts off 2020 having presided over a lower average unemployment rate than any president at a comparable point in office and in recorded history, Philip Klein reports in the Washington Examiner. Quote, since February 2016, Trump's first full month in office, the monthly unemployment rate has averaged 3.9%. No prior president has averaged less than 4% over the first 35 months of his presidency. The closest was Dwight Eisenhower. The unemployment rate for December held steady at a historic low 3.5% according to Friday's jobs report. So when Cory Booker says Donald Trump's full of hatred, well lots of people might not even like him, but they're going to vote for him in the next election because of the booming economy he has provided, because of the so many jobs that he has provided for them. So false statement, just right off the bat to say that Donald Trump's of hatred but anyway i'll repeat some of that so democratic presidential candidate to provide quote the answer to donald trump's hatred and division has suspended his campaign quote i got in the race for president because i believed in my core that the answer to the common pain americans are feeling right now The answer to Donald Trump's hatred and division is to reignite our spirit of common purpose to take on our biggest challenges and build a more just and fair country for everyone, announced Booker in a post on Medium. Again, this is according to Daily Wire. We moved the debate forward on gun control, introducing a plan with the most aggressive gun safety measures our country has ever seen. We've advocated for progressive, swift change to our criminal justice reform system, We fought to protect and strengthen reproductive rights and access to abortion, continues Booker. And, quote, we we must remember that throughout the campaign to come and as we work to build a more just America in Trump's wake, says Booker. So, of course, because Cory Booker is out, Donald Trump has to say something. He always says something on Twitter after a candidate drops out. And to be honest, his responses are very funny. He has been trolling lots of these candidates. I think my favorites have to be from Kirsten, Kirsten Gillibrand. This one's actually pretty good. He did this for Kamala Harris. He did this for Julian Castro, I believe. So he's done this for a lot of them. And what he has to say is actually pretty funny. So he tweets. Donald Trump tweets. Really big breaking news. Kidding. Booker, who has in zero polling today who was in zero polling territory just dropped out of the democrat democratic presidential primary race now i can rest easy tonight i was so concerned that i would someday have to go head to head with him very funny from donald trump of course no one knew cory booker everyone no sorry not no one everyone knew that donald trump that cory booker was not going to have a chance at the nomination especially not against donald trump there are too many candidates who already have the name recognition if you want to learn more about that i actually have a full 40 minute episode on that the previous episode i believe it's titled who will win the democratic who will be the next democratic nominee you can go check that out for more information on who i think will be the next democratic nominee based on current polling numbers etc things like that but as I promised, we will also get to what Donald Trump has to say about Kirsten Gillibrand. This was a while ago. This was August 28th, 2019, so this was actually a while ago. But first, let's talk about some of the things that Cory Booker fought for and that made a big part of his campaign that that I would like to talk about for a second. So he said, we moved the debate forward on gun violence. Now, we can all agree gun violence is bad. No one wants gun violence. I talked about this on the show before. School shootings are very, very, very bad. No one wants them. They're a terrible, tragic thing, as well as all other types of gun violence, including suicides. However, but what he moves on, we move the debate forward on gun violence is basically that he moved, he moved the debate forward on gun control. Now, one of the big reasons why I'm opposed to gun control is because of the Second Amendment and. And it's important rights it gives to humans and there's specific reasons I talk about this in another episode why we have why we have the Second Amendment and the first is so we can protect ourselves there are many people who want access to the gun in a to a gun in the home because they need to feel safe they need to protect their family and that is a complete and legit reason additionally with going on uh, self-defense there are many people who don't feel safe and would like to kill, conceal carry. And as long as they're mentally stable, they should have that opportunity. But one of the main reasons to start why the Founding Fathers put the Second Amendment in the Constitution was because they feared exactly what had happened to them with Britain. Britain took all their guns away. They put any, everyone in jail who had a gun during the time of this war. Basically, they stripped them of all their guns so that they could not fight back against this very tyrannical government and the founders were very afraid that this would happen again and in the case we move towards of tyrannical government we need the government to be afraid of the people not the people to be afraid of the government there's a famous benjamin franklin quote i think i've quoted it many times on the show now that it's growing bigger and i have more episodes now but it basically says you have a democracy when the government is afraid of the people You have a tyranny when the people are afraid of the government and by allowing people to have guns you're creating a democracy for all you're limiting the amount the amount of effects the government can have in your personal life now the second thing i'd like to talk about is we fought to protect and strengthen reproductive rights and access to abortion abortion is an issue that matters a lot to me if you've listened to the show, you know that I am very, very pro-life on these issues. Now, there are obviously such things as the mother's health. If the mother's health is in danger because of the baby, there's, that's obviously a different situation. But for 99.9% of um, babies in birth and things like that, it does not need to end in abortion. Abortion is killing babies. There's an interesting thing. There's a lot of women's rights, women's choice, things like that, saying we need to protect we need to protect women's rights, and there's an interesting opinion I saw on this. It, it said basically, yeah, I agree, and because of abortions, you're killing more than five hundred thousand females a year, which is a very good point. I don't I don't know why in today's society in today's society we are actually accepting the fact. That babies are being killed, but it's not—it's not a woman's body when it's a growing, living baby that's going to live and grow and have the shot at a at a happy, healthy life. The Declaration of Independence specifically said, "Everyone has the right to life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness. Life is the very first one. Abortion." gets rid of life to babies. I don't even know why we're debating this. But the fact that Booker brags about the fact that he's in favor of abortion, he's in favor of killing babies, everyone. Wow, he has moved the debate forward. What a great, what a great argument. Abortion is bad and wrong, and it will always be. Now, of course, there's exceptions when it comes to um, the mother's health, things like that, but for most time, it's, it's not a problem and abortion should be shouldn't really not be a thing at all. Okay, so as I promised I will get to the second troll of from Donald Trump of today and that will be it for today's episode. I will post a new episode on Friday, but here's what Donald Trump had to say about Kirsten Gillibrand. This is probably my favorite one. A sad day for the Democrats. Kirsten Gillibrand has dropped out of the presidential primary. I'm glad they never found out. That she was the one I was really afraid of. (laughs) There's Donald Trump trolling Kirsten Gillibrand. My name is James Wilson, and this is Give Me Liberty, and I'll see you Friday.